2: Locked on sports today.
3: The Warriors are one game away from a title thanks to an unlikely hero. How can Boston stave off elimination after a brutal performance by their stars in game five? And Chris Olave is this year's top rookie wideout ahead of the season. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today.
2: Searching, searching all major, major sports. sports found let's start with the biggest story
3: the golden state warriors are one win away from their fourth nba title in the last 8 years they get a 104-94 win over the boston celtics in game 5 just as everyone predicted thanks to andrew wiggins joining me now from locked On warriors cyrus Tatas, and and cyrus i was i was texting you during the game that, that Steve Kerr must have been listening to Locked On Warriors because he made some adjustments that you had suggested he make. But I was <laughs> with Andrew Wiggins because he has come alive these last two games and truly been a difference maker. What have you seen from him these last two games?
1: Well, Andrew Wiggins fits a, a similar mold to uh, uh, one at least one other player that has given the Celtics problems in this postseason. In the Eastern Conference Finals, that was um, Jimmy Butler, I mean, they're very similar in terms of physique, in terms of even style of play. I'm not saying Andrew Wiggins is at Butler's level, but you know, they they do have a lot of similarities, and they're similar in size and. The Celtics seem to have some sort of problem defending a player like that. And then even in the Eastern Conference semifinals, I mean, look, Giannis is a beast of his own. But, you know, technically he's, I guess, you know, a slashing type, small forward type player at seven feet, the size of a center. And Andrew Wiggins um, gives them problems, partly for that reason, partly because um, he's a very high energy guy. He's a very high effort guy. He does love basketball tremendously. There's a lot of stories out there about some of the sacrifices he's made for the game but he you know he loves the game and he's a perfect fit for this Warriors team and um, I'll say this if I would if I went to a time machine 3 hours early before the game or right before the game started and someone told me I'll tell you pa- a part truth about the game but I won't tell you the whole truth Stephen Curry's going to go overnight tonight later and they didn't tell me what the result was I would be a nervous wreck I'd be sweating I'd be anxious because an 0 for nine night from Stephen Curry, I would never translate to a Warriors convincing victory. Yet here we are.
3: My question to you is this is a team that unfortunately has played with its food a little bit this season, this postseason. This has been a little bit of a thing over the last couple years with this Warriors team. They can get a little casual, they can get a little mm-hmm. loose with the ball. How do they maintain this intensity to avoid a letdown? Because you can't fake desperation and in game six. Boston is going to be the more desperate team.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I've definitely thought about that and we even saw it in the third quarter. I mean, that's a huge right. reason why the Celtics came back. Um, I mean, part of it was the Celtics were desperate. I mean, that was just, you know, I think they, they, were starting to see the writing on the wall and they just gave it their all, but it also came at a price. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were spent in the fourth quarter. I mean, they, 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 you could tell they were out of gas. I mean, they're, you know, they were airballing shots, you know, free throws were short. Um, and and Stephen curry you could also attribute as being out of gas from his game four performance i mean that's i think that's a huge reason why he was over nine from three in this game but the warriors you know i see a lot of similarities again uh with this team uh in relation to the 2015 warriors and i've been thinking a lot about that series with this series as well because the warriors did fall behind 2-1 in that series and um game six was in cleveland Uh, and I do think that that's where this experience will come into play, especially where the veterans will remind the rest of this team. Um, they're not going to lay down, you know, they're, they're going to give it their all. Um, they're not going to want, you know, there's the Celtics can still win this series. It's not like this, just this, this series is not over. And I think the Warriors are very cognizant of that. Um, and they're also, I think, very aware as any intelligent person would be that anything could happen in a game seven. And and I don't think they want to find themselves in that situation where one game, it's a one game winner, take all types, type scenario. Um, so I think the Warriors will respond with urgency. Um, and I'm not confident in my prediction because to win in Boston, that is just so difficult. But at the same time, I don't think the Warriors want this series to extend any further and, And I think they will bring the energy. But again, the Celtics are good, so we'll see.
3: Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. We have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite podcasts on Locked On even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about locked on podcasts. Go to slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of ten hundred dollar Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to slash survey. Thanks for your help. Coming up, will the Celtics Stars actually show up in game six? Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all of your daily gambling needs. A few Major League Baseball lines look interesting for your Tuesday. Garrett Cole has the highest ERA on the Yankees starting rotation, and yet his matchup with the Rays has a decently low over-under for total runs. BetOnline has set the total at eight. Meanwhile, the Rockies returned a lot of value to betters last year when they were home dogs, and here they are home dogs to the guardians bet online has them plus 147 to win
2: now here's what you need to be locked on today
3: lamar jackson is back with the baltimore ravens that's it that's the tweet for the first time this offseason jackson reported To take his physical on Monday and was at the Ravens facility ahead of mandatory minicamp. Jackson had missed all three weeks of voluntary organized team activities for the first time in his five-year NFL career. He also missed the last four games of last season with an ankle injury, but his absence in spring workouts wasn't injury-related. It was bank account-related, as Jackson is looking to be the next superstar QB to get the bag. The Oklahoma City Thunder dealt one of its four first-round picks, and they're probably not done. The Denver Nuggets are trading forward Jermichael Green and a protected 2027 first-round pick to the Thunder for the 30th pick in this month's NBA draft, plus two future second-round picks. The Thunder still have the second 12th and 34th picks in this year's draft and the Nuggets now have 21 and 30. The moves give OKC veteran depth and frees up cap space for the Nuggets to play with. Oklahoma City will also send Denver's second round picks in 2023 and 2024 to finish the deal. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver canceled plans to attend Game 5 of the NBA Finals between the Golden State Warriors and Boston Celtics on Monday night because of the league's health and safety protocols. The league did not say if Silver had tested positive for COVID-19 or been deemed a close contact of someone who had, nor did it release any details about his health. Also unclear is when Silver will be able to return to games. Part of his role as commissioner involves handing out the league's championship trophy and they're gonna do that pretty soon. This is the NBA Finals after all, either on Thursday in Boston or Sunday in San Francisco. And on the diamond, the St. Louis Cardinals put together quite a rally to beat the Pittsburgh Pirates.
4: St. Louis Cardinals put up seven unanswered runs and a 7-5 win over the Pittsburgh Pirates. I am Lucas Smith coming at you from right outside Bush Stadium, host of the Locked On Cardinals podcast. It started out dreary starting in that fifth inning as the Pirates put up four runs, but then the Cardinals with a five-run inning followed up by a couple more later in the game. Really, later in the game, this is a microcosm of what this Cardinal offense can do. As you saw some double extra base hits by Donovan and Goldschmidt. You saw the home run by Carlson, the home run by Goldschmidt as well. This offense can be really deep when everybody is performing. And the bullpen retired every 12 batters that they face tonight. McFarland, Cabrera, Gallegos, and Helsley. Overall, the Pirates went 0 for their last 14. Even though the Cardinals only won by two, it was really a dominating win over the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Cardinals get the four-game series started off on the right foot, winning by the final score of 7-5. to They look to continue the dominance tomorrow with Libertor and Michaelis on the mound.
2: Here is another story you need to know.
3: The Boston Celtics did something in Game 5 they hadn't done all postseason. They lost two games in a row, and they did it doing something they also don't do that often, at least when they win, and that is turned it over a bunch. They had 18 turnovers in this game in the playoffs. They are one and six when they have 16 or more turnovers. They are 13 and two when they have fewer than 16. Joining me now from the arena in San Francisco, John Corrales. And John, the turnovers were killer, the live ball turnovers, and it it created all sorts of problems for this Boston Celtics team. How do they get that corrected?
0: Uh, you know, it's it's I think more mental than anything. They've they've got to keep their poise. I think in the fourth quarter, especially, there was a lot of jawing with the officials. There was – and it was a whole team thing. Uh, Ime Doka was involved. I mean, everybody on the Celtics was, I think, in in the wrong headspace in the fourth quarter. Um, And it started with that Jordan Poole three-pointer to to, to beat the buzzer in the third. They just lost their composure. Really, honestly, I feel like this is a, a case of one team that's been here before and one team that hasn't and that was my fear coming into the series that as much as i can say i think boston has more talent and i think that they if they play if both teams play their best i think boston would win but this is the finals and teams generally don't play their best in the finals and it's a matter of which team has the stronger mentality and that's the warriors right now
3: It's interesting because in a lot of ways game five is a bit of a mirror image to game three where Boston makes their run in the third quarter, but ultimately it's not enough Golden State runs and hides at the end. This has been a Celtics team, as I mentioned, that that has not lost two games in a row. They have gone back and forth in in these games. Um, So for the stars, Jason Tatum, if you look at the numbers, you go, okay, we had had a nice shooting game, 10 of 20, 27 points, but you didn't feel that impact on the, on the, on the scoreboard, that same kind of way. And then Jalen Brown just didn't play well at all shooting the ball five of 18 in this game.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, it, the Celtics can only go as far as those two take them. And, and really, honestly, when I look at the box, the box score, I'm, I'm kind of surprised by Jason Tatum's box score, because it looks a lot better than what the eye test tells me. Mm. The eye test tells me that he didn't have a great game at all. Uh, I think he had a, a couple of good stretches, that make the numbers look good i don't think he played entirely well and he didn't he didn't play well enough to to you know especially down the stretch to, to give the celtics a real chance in the fourth quarter uh jalen you know it's a, that's another rough game for him after uh, a lot of talk that hey if the celtics do win this series he might be the guy in line for the finals mvp so it, it's it's tough uh you got to credit the Warriors' defense. The Warriors came out and played really hard, played really, really well. I think this is the best game that the Warriors have played. I think this is the, the, the best defensive game that they've played. Um, I, I, can, I can harp on the Celtics' mistakes, but I think this is the first game in the series where the Celtics' mistakes were uh, really a function of the Warriors putting a ton of pressure on on these guys and mentally they weren't able to handle it. But I think in prior games the Celtics were turning the ball over both mostly because they were they were making the mistakes. Uh this this one is the Warriors, gotta give them full credit. This is, I think, the best game the Warriors have played, and they really kept Brown and Tatum in check.
3: Yeah, the plus minus in a game can be misleading, but Jalen Brown, a team worse minus 19 in this game, and and it felt like it.
0: Definitely felt like it. Um and it's you know, it's a shame that. Again, this is one team that hasn't been here before. And I think these are some hard lessons that the Celtics are learning right now. Now, can, the, the question for them is, can they apply those lessons? Could they learn and apply those lessons uh, over the course of a five-and-a-half-hour flight and uh, a practice day on, on um, Wednesday before they, they play game six? And after the game, played, Thompson said he's never been more excited to go to Boston. Uh, hopefully, the Celtics feel that way, too. Um, I don't want to come back. I didn't want to come back to San Francisco, but I think the Celtics will will happily force me to take another trip if they can get their act together. But this is this is a matter of mentality. I, I, I'll harp on that all day long. This is this is a mental battle now. Um, the Celtics are a good enough team to win, but the Warriors are the tested team, the team with rings already. It's a matter of Can the Celtics get to that
3: level? Coming up, Chris Olave is this year's top rookie wideout because he went to the New Orleans Saints.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
3: Don't you love a chewy, chocolatey brownie? What about a brownie with that caramel swirled in it? What if I told you you could get that flavor, that experience, plus 17 grams of protein? Well, you can do it with the caramel brownie bars available at Built.com. But you better act fast. They're not going to be around for very long. These things, they taste unbelievable, like everything Built makes. With just 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only four grams of sugar, yet they're covered in 100% real chocolate. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. And if you don't believe me, or if you do believe me, and you want to get your hands on some of these bad boys, go to built.com and use promo code locks 15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code locks 15 for 15% off at built.com. When you consider the situations that each rookie wide receiver was drafted into, there is a clear number one. That is, according to Ryan Tracy and Eric Crocker, the hosts of Locked On NFL Draft, who re-ranked the wideouts based on the situations they were drafted into.
5: I'll start with my number one guy. And this is the guy who originally did not make my top five, but easily could have. You know where I'm going here? No. Chris Olave. All right. Chris Olave was probably a wide receiver six. Uh, He gets drafted to New Orleans Saints, and I love it. I mean, he has Jameis Winston throwing him the ball. And I don't think people would, like, oh, my gosh, Jameis Winston, he's throwing him the ball. But, like, Jameis Winston, he will throw the ball to whoever, whenever, at any areas of the field. It might be a defender, but he's going to target those receivers a lot down the field, anywhere. And I think a guy like Chris Olave is going to open things up and I'm expecting a tremendous rookie season out of him. This is a guy that wins all over the field. He's a very smooth route runner. He's got like, fires off the ball with big-time speed, threatening defensive backs vertically, getting in the open the hips, so he can sit his routes down. I think he does a tremendous job of that. Guys that can run the post. We saw what he did with uh, Justin Fields catching what bombs in uh, right. 2020 Deep season. I believe, you know, and I mean, just airing it out. And I think it kinda took a little step back with CJ Stroud. not be you know, he just wasn't throwing the ball downfield the same way that Justin Fields was, at least not to my uh, what I remember. So first but he was in guy, your top five, wasn't he? He was no, in your he top was five. number I had him at like six. Did
0: you really? Okay. Well yeah. you're you're wrong.
5: You're right now. Back. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Because he, he's it. my number one too. <laughs> oh,
5: okay, let's go. Okay, well, it's and I'll tell you why.
0: All those things that you said are absolutely right, but but just close your eyes and picture this: Michael Thomas is out there, Jarvis Landry's over there, and Alvin Kamara's in the backfield. Why are you going to try to cover Chris Olave? Yeah. He's going to have the most opportunity in that offense to rip teams up, and it's just because he's the fourth wheel. He's a rookie that hasn't proven himself. Now, by about mid season, I think that will probably change you're gonna see more underneath zones to try to take some away but he's gonna have an opportunity especially early to make a big mark and I think he'll be able to do it
3: so let me be clear I loved Chris Olave and he was the player that most Packer fans the team I happen to cover for the Lockdown Podcast Network wanted the most in Green Bay but he also goes to a team with Jameis Winston at quarterback coming off a serious injury and who has not been a high-level quarterback in his career, being coached by not Sean Payton. Sean Payton is going to be calling games this season, but on TV, not on the sidelines. It's interesting because both Ryan and Kroc agreed, Christian Watson became number two, presumably because Aaron Rodgers is on on those sidelines, and because that team doesn't have anyone else to throw the ball to. If Michael Thomas returns for New Orleans, he's going to catch 100 passes. The Packers don't have anyone in their offense who could give them that. And I would add one name to this list that those two guys did not mention in either of their top fives, and that's Skymore in Kansas City, if for no other reason than Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback. And he is exactly the kind of player that that offense could use along with Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And finally, one of the most impressive feats of athleticism this year did not involve a trophy. Brittany Linsicum finished sixth at the ShopRite LPGA Classic this past weekend. Why is that amazing? She was seven months pregnant, and she's not done Lincecum plans to play this year's next major, the KPMG Women's PJ Championship, before taking time away. There really is nothing quite like the strength of a mom. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NBA Big Board, as they get you ready for the ultimate NBA mock draft. Starting June 16th, Locked On NBA brings you the ultimate NBA mock draft. Rafael Barlow from Locked On NBA Big Board is joined by every Locked On NBA host and some NBA insiders from around the Odyssey network to deliver picks and analysis. Locked On does mock drafts better than anyone else, and the ultimate NBA mock draft is a perfect example. Coming up Wednesday, who will win the Stanley Cup? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.